The Let's Grab a Cup podcast is brought to you by Sturgeon Wellness. At Sturgeon Wellness, I provide leadership coaching and resiliency building. Right now, we're offering a two-for-one special if you sign up by the end of February for that intro session. So I hope to see you there, and let's grab a cup together. Let's get into this episode. Well, this is going to be episode five of the Let's Grab a Cup podcast. We are uh, concluding our interview with Phil Gonchak. He's the chief of police in Seal Beach. The uh, first episode ended with us just having a conversation about how officers these days are expected not only to be a drag of all trades, but really to understand the human condition and be able to communicate well with um, people in the community and be community engagement officers. Every single person out there that's a police officer is a community engagement officer, whether you like it or not. That's your expectation. And the community really needs that these days. They need to be, I see the, the level of transparency that we're able to offer. So as you listen to episode five, uh, that's where we, we kind of uh, go into that um, at the end and uh, move on from there. Uh, Phil was a great guest to have and really open. If the first episode, if you haven't listened to it, it's all about his background, becoming the chief of Seal Beach and um, how he grew up and the, the struggles he had to overcome to get where he's at today. And he fully recognizes all of those struggles. So if you're, uh, if you're definitely interested, hit, hit up uh, episode four right here on Let's Grab a Cup and it'll lead right into episode five. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Let's Grab a Cup podcast, where we talk about leadership, authenticity, resiliency. We provide a place to hold space for one another. I'm your host, Adam Sturgeon. So, why don't you grab a cup of coffee or tea or whatever suits you at this moment? Let's dive in. I think we understand. I think people are nowadays, especially understanding this role. And I, I think that more training on it is, is going to be imperative for all the future police officers. Yeah. The mental health thing is tough too. You know, like they, I don't know what happened in the eighties with Ronald Reagan and all that jazz, but man, it's like, they, they really handcuffed us in this profession with the, with the mental health stuff. And, you know, our sheriff here in Orange County does a phenomenal job. I think his famous line is, look, we were we were assigned mental health by default, not by design. And um, that's a Sheriff Barnes quote, by the way. Give him a plug. Uh, sheriff Don Barnes for Orange County. Uh, sheriff, at any rate, you know, he, he hits all angles of that, which is, you know, mental health is, we were never, I mean, at least in my police academy 22 years ago, we weren't, I think we had a one-hour block on mental health, you know, and it's like, yeah, this person's starting to act like he's got some mental issues. Uh, put him in handcuffs and find a reason to arrest him. You know, now it's like, you know, I, California's laws are uh, somewhat different than Arizona, but, you know, in a lot of ways similar. It's like, okay, well, we have to prove that this person is a danger to himself or a danger to society. And most mental health calls that we go on aren't either one of those. So what do we do then? Right. right. And I think we had so many. Um, I'll give this plug too for my lieutenant. We have an email address. It's called askacop at sealbeachca.gov. And we get some really good questions. And um, he, Hold on. I want to write that down. Ask a cop. Uh-huh. At sealbeachca.gov. And we get some really good stuff. It's like, hey, you know, like simple things. Like, what do you, you know, this traffic signal has a do not turn on red. Why is it there? You know, simple stuff from that to, you know, a, a lady just sent in a picture of a, a transient with 
or sorry, ex- a person experiencing homelessness with trash bags wrapped around his bike and it's leaned up against a tree. It's like the message that I think to my, uh, us, no, was sent to the city manager and it said, I hope this doesn't take over our city or I hope this crap doesn't take over in our town. It's like, what do you, what do you expect my city manager to respond to that? You know, like you, it's not illegal to be homeless. It's not illegal to ride a bike. And how do you know that person was even homeless? Like, Maybe they just like black trash bags on their bike, you know, but we're expected to deal with that. Yeah. You know, how, how do, what do you want me to do? Like, it's not illegal to park your bike on a tree and spend the day in grass. I mean, <laughs> this is again, honestly, this is a kind of good uh, headway to uh, your social media stuff because yeah. you get a lot of these messages. You kind of talked about when you, when you're a commander that you would respond back to um, where you told me this uh, the other day that you would respond back to the citizens because of the complaints they're making of this kind of, these kind of complaints where you're like, this is not illegal to be homeless. Um, so let's get into the social media stuff because I think I started following you at, uh, at Steel Beach Police. Yeah, and good to follow, man. It's hilarious. And yeah. I say it's hilarious in a good way because and I give you props for what you're doing because I don't think, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think other agencies or many other agencies are doing what you're doing. Um, I think this is, for me, what it shows. Like I, It shows a level of authenticity with your department. Um, the ty- It shows a type of... Um, uh, complaints or the type of things that people are, are sending to you on a daily basis or weekly basis. And it also shows that you trust your police officers, that they're doing a good job and that you trust them to do their job in the field and that they're not, they're not out there just making mistakes left and right. Because I think the narrative was always like, we're trying to like protect, we're sending out uh, public information to like uh, let people know like, Oh yeah, we know we made a mistake. Here's this, here's that. But you're showing like, Hey, they're already doing a great job. And I'm going to show their their great work and what they're doing, and kind of like te- basically telling the community flat out, we're doing a great job. Um, yeah. But you're doing it in a funny way. So anyone that's not following the Seal Beach Police Department, you have to follow their page. And if you're in law enforcement, especially, I think you'll get a kick out of what they're doing. So let's talk about how do you even come up with this? How do you just start this? Well, thanks for the plug, man. Again, at Seal Beach Police and uh, Instagram, I think we're I think believe it or not, we're you know a small town like us. We only have twenty five thousand citizens. We already have like 13 and a half thousand followers. I, I got to give a, the biggest shout out to um, my Sergeant Jordan Rackin. He's going to get irritated that I put his name out there, but <laughs> dude, he's, he's like the funny guy on social media for a long time. People thought it was my wife cause she's pretty witty and with it, but no, it's, it's all him. And we got, you know, a team of, of uh, a Lieutenant and another Sergeant um, that do some of the, the actual like formality informational stuff. Like the tsunami this last weekend was a nightmare. Um, but you know, we, made, we, at the end of all of it, we made pretty much fun of it and, and got away with, you know, like trying to, trying to relate back to society because yeah, like the point break stuff was hilarious. Yeah. Oh dude, the, guy, the stuff he comes up with dude is wild. But, uh, so let me tell you how it started about two years ago, actually about three years ago, we started all the social media craze and it was all the typical stuff like gun arrest, two pounds of marijuana, $2,000, you know, and. I just thought, okay, well, I guess we're just going to do that, you know, because that's what social media does for police departments. Like, look what we did last night, and maybe we'll get a like or two. And right. We can see what we're doing. And then um, and then I thought to myself, you know, we're going to take the control back. It's probably, like, right when the George Floyd stuff happened, and then a little bit before that, I had uh, that sergeant come up to me. He's like, hey, I think, you know, I'd really like to take our, our social media to another level. And completely like turn it upside down and make it more um what's the word i'm looking for like not um 
almost like taboo. Like I want to, I want to turn it upside down and make it fun and I'll do it all off duty. So nobody can complain about like me spending time loading point break movies onto our Instagram page. I'll do it off duty and I won't expect pay. And I'm oh, like, no, okay, you should well, pay him for sure. I know. I totally, I, but it's like, I can't because then, you know, I don't know. There's all these other different thoughts on it, but anyway, he does a phenomenal job and, and long story short is, <laughs> Man, right in the middle of um, all the George Floyd stuff, and, and just so everybody knows, I am a hundred percent in against you know all the stuff that that, that um, Officer Chauvin did, and, and I followed along with the George Floyd thing. I'm all about you know some levels of police reform. I'm not a defund the police guy, but I am. Um, a, a, hey, let's look at this through a clear lens and not from a um, a negative angle. Let's affect you know. Let's 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 affect change in our organization in a good way that doesn't cost a lot of money, and uh, we can do it effectively with the community buy-in. Because the choices I make, uh, I have to answer to uh, the members that pay you know all the bills for the city, and uh, and I want to do it with them. So along that that same line is, and like you were getting, you know, I have a, a poster in here with a pig on it. it says defund the police and a pile of shit next to it, and it's like, okay. Well, <laughs> That did a that did a lot of good for our organization, you know, because whatever um, it did nothing. But in the same token, it's like I'm tired of people picking on us as cops. We're doing a lot of really really good work, and our organization we haven't done anything stupid yet. Like I will tell you yet, because it's inevitable. Every organization is going to have one or two bad apples that fall from the tree, yeah. and you handle them effectively, and you do it the right way, and you follow the law, and you do it with such high regard of ethics and. Uh, professionalism, but more importantly, we've got to do it in a relatable fashion. And so I looked at all that stuff and I got tired of it, man. I mean, it's getting voicemails. I'll, I'll give you another example real quick is um, on, on social media. Uh, I have an employee who's gay and she comes to me and she says, Hey, do you mind if I um, do a gay pride patch? And I'm like, no, I don't. cool. Do it. Man, my phone lit up dude for two months because you know, it didn't follow the Christian values. It didn't follow this value. And I'm like, you know what? That's, this is a police officer who does a really good job. She does really good work. We do a number of different patches. We do the pink pig patch uh, project, which we started by the way in 2013. Yeah. Yeah, We did uh, the autism patch. Uh, We did uh, veterans patch in November. We've done, I mean, you name it. And she just wanted to do a gay pride patch because the LA sheriffs did it. And she thought it was cool. And I'm like, yeah, do it. Anyway, long story short is uh, these phone calls I get, I call them all back, even as chief, even as chief, I will call them all back uh, because I think that you don't get to call a police department and say, you suck and hang up the phone. Like, okay, I got your phone number on uh, caller ID. I want to know why you think we suck, right? And so we, just so they know, when they call a police department, that line is recorded, right? And I want people to know what we have to deal with every day so that they know that we know what they're trying to tell us is either a bunch of crap or, you know, we'll even do the ones where it's like people are giving us shout outs because those are important for our guys to hear that. Yeah. Um, the ones that are BS, like, and you're not going to leave your name. You're just going to yell at us for 20 seconds. Well, I'm going to put that online cause it's funny. You know, <laughs> like you think my guy's a F in this and a POS this and that because he wrote you a ticket. Okay. Well, let's, let's get it on the air. So I think that we use it in twofold. One is obviously community outreach, which is important. I'm sorry, threefold community outreach, which is important. Like we had the tsunami thing. We needed to warn a bunch of people to stay out of the water. Uh, two, I think that there's a really good police work going on out there and we don't get enough credit for it. 
And then three, have a little bit of humility and fun with it because uh, we need to be relatable more. And I think that our sergeant, who Jordan Rackin, does that on Instagram, Facebook, really well. He he knows how to be relatable. He tells personal stories, like I was telling you about how you know I smoked weed in high school. Yeah, I did, and it was stupid, and I learned from it. And haven't done it since I was 18 years old. But those are relatable stories that kids need to hear. That like, okay, you can be a screw up before you're 18 and still become very successful in life, whether it be law enforcement or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're funny, man. It is funny. So did you do, did you, are you like the, you can make that decision to allow him to do it or do you have to get approval above you? No, it's funny. So uh, he he comes in and he's like, I want to turn it upside down. And I'm like, huh, screw it, man. Go for it. Yeah, It was literally that big of a decision. Like, okay, go for it. You know? And so he went for it. There were a couple hiccups there with some council members. Like, oh, you know, this is like. You know, you might as well literally just flip the entire script upside down on what police departments were supposed to do. And and I still even catch a bunch of crap nowadays, even amongst other chiefs, like, you guys are crazy. You're nuts, dude. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Our council, our city manager supports us, and we're not doing anything nefarious. We're not trying to hurt people's feelings. We're just trying to make our jobs relatable. And I think we do a really good job yeah. at trying to be relatable. And, and not just even relatable, but more human, bro. You know, oh, like yeah. I, I think that that's important. Well, you know, it, it does a couple of things for you because I think that you, when you mentioned before about the whole, um, okay, we got an arrest last night or we got some drugs off the street, which, yeah, they're important things, and you may get a couple of likes and a couple of follows, but um, people eventually will just stop looking at your page when it's just, if it's if it's not entertaining, they're just going to stop. They, they don't, they, there's only a certain amount of stuff they're going to look at, and eventually they're going to stop looking at it. But being entertaining um, allows you to also get the other messages out there that are important, like the tsunami warning. If it becomes a real huge issue, or if some other something else is going on in the city, people are going to see it because they're already watching for the other funny stuff and the stuff that's relatable, and then they'll see the stuff that's important as well that you need to be aware of because you're going to be in my city. So I think that's the first thing that's important, that's good about it. And the second thing well, I want to say was that what hooked me was so I was already I started following it. I thought it was pretty funny. But what hooked me was like there was some back and forth uh, about somebody complaining about the picture uh, with your officer and the seal on the boardwalk or on the bike path, and they're complaining about it, saying like you should just go and uh, you should be more focused on the homelessness issue around the bathrooms versus this person that's taking a picture with a seal. And you went back and forth a couple times, and I said, and when you said to them, um, you know what, I think I can find some VIP bathrooms for you if you don't want, because seriously, this is a problem for you. I'll find some VIP bathrooms for you. And I clicked it, and it took them to the city of Azusa. And I thought that was hilarious. Like, when I clicked the, I'm like, oh, I wonder what the location they put is, the VIP bathrooms. And it was the city of Azusa, completely, completely north of wherever you, where you guys are, like completely as far as edge you can get to on the freeway. And I thought that was hilarious. And that's what hooked me. I was like, I was like telling everybody about that. So I, I plug you guys all the time. I think it's funny. Uh, thanks, bro. They do a good job. I wish I could take credit for it, but it's all that. They do great work. Well, so. speaking of funny stuff, um, you uh, told me that your wife wanted to be a stand-up comedian. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was all in, bro. She was. I mean, she still is. I mean, she's like our stand-up comedian at home all day long. But she's hilarious. Better. Yeah, she's, she's funny. Dude. Yeah, she's super funny. But we're gonna have to hold off on that probably another four and a half years till I retire. Probably. All It'd right. I'll rec- <laughs> we'll record it one day, and then I'll just hold on to it. Let's do it. Like the first podcast recorder of my life. Dude. That's funny. Oh man. So what's next? Okay, so I have a couple of things that I uh, that I had written down that I haven't gone to. And I was gonna ask okay. you about. Um, 
So I don't know if you want to talk about um, your, I saw that you have a new campaign for your city, uh, the focused campaign. So how did that come about? What made you decide to do this focused you know, campaign? It, there's um, so every year what we've been doing, let me pull up um, kind of like a timeline on what we do. Just so if there is anybody in command staff that's interested in this kind of stuff, what we do every year, Oh, heck, maybe somebody can learn from it if they care to. Um, but we do we do a vision statement every year. It's kind of like I, I look at it this way: is um, every police department has to have a, a forward moving uh, target, right? And we look at annually what we can do better from the years past and what we learned and how we can be uh, more relatable and finish what uh, we started with um, the community and what they want. You know, and so what we do is every year in, I'll give you the exact date we started this one. We did this preparation early December of 2021. Oh, that was a loud noise. Uh, probably in your earbuds. Let's not do that again. Our yeah. listeners just tuned out for sure. <laughs> like, what is that, bro? I have no idea what that was. Anyway, so we look at things that we did really well last year and how do we fix it and make it more fine-tuned for this year. And then more importantly, it's kind of like that stupid saying, like you open up your phone every time you get in the car and you type the address in of where you're going in your Apple phone uh, or Samsung, whatever, and you find a map, right? And if you don't know the map, like I'll give it, for example, my wife goes down to Newport Beach this morning to visit the doctor's office and she calls her, she's like, oh, I'm stuck in traffic on PCH. And I'm like, okay. How long is it going to take me to get there? And I go, I don't know. I, I can't tell you from my phone. I can plug in where you're at and tell you how long it is going to So I plug it in and it like reroutes her to a shorter distance, right? And I said, well, you have to go around this way. Well, how much is it if I stay in this traffic line? I'm like, I don't know, honey. I, <laughs> I don't know. That tell her to get, she needs ways. She needs ways for sure. Yeah, that's a good idea. I should have gotten her the ways or whatever. But the whole point is like, you know, we get these cars every day, January 1, hit the new year. We make all these new year's resolutions as personal in our personal lives, but really each city has their own goals and agendas, right? But I think it's even more so important for our police officers to know what they're doing every day and what's important for me as a police chief to portray to the citizens and the businesses and the visitors on what our goals are, right? And so uh, the first year I was chief, we did a Seal Beach First campaign. Um, the second year we did a Seal Beach Cares campaign, and it's, it's always an acronym. Uh, I shouldn't say always, but so far it's always been an acronym. Maybe we'll change that up. Uh, but focused campaign this year is, is basically F for uh, first on scene. So we police department is dedicated to responding to every emergency call for service as fast as humanly or fast and as safe as possible. We pride ourselves on having the fastest response times available. We'll continue to help reduce response times by ensuring our police officers are physically in the field and on the streets as much as possible. And we'll do this by strategically placing our staff throughout the city when not tending to a call for service, right? So it's, it's typical response time. I mean, I don't know how your agency does response times, but we monitor that really, really um, religiously because we think it's important to get there as fast as we can. Yeah, I think consistently monitoring, I'm sure they have all the numbers. Yeah, and, and we're proud of it because we want to be there before the fire, right? I mean, if there's any fire. First on scene. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I doubt there's any firemen listening, but if they are, we are always the first ones. We may not be American heroes, but we're always the first ones. We're supposed to be heroes uh, to the firemen, right? Is that right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then O is for openness. We're not naive. And this guy we were just talking about right here, to be honest with you, Adam, is like we're not naive to the fact that we do not know everything. We want to learn from the community on how we can better serve our residents, businesses, and visitors to Seal Beach. 
we appreciate all our community's input. Encourage anyone with questions, send them to, you know, ask a cop at CBC.gov or Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, one of the other things that I, I think that if, if I'm going to plug my organization that we do really well at is, you know, when, when we give, so every new police officer, every new employee even, we give a, a, a box of uh, not just baseball cards, but business cards, right? And so, you know, this uh, probably idea uh, idea as well is I can give a brand new police officer right out of FTL a gun, a badge, and bullets, right? And I can say, go into that B of A because they have a hostage situation and take care of that problem, right? Whether that means shoot the bad guy and free the hostages and they're yes, sir, right? And they will go in and do it. I give them this box of business cards and I say, I tell you, go up and down Main Street and I want you to talk to every single business owner for the next 12 hours. Don't take a single call for service. And they're like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, uh, sure. you know, and then day two, you know, they come to my office like, hey, how'd it go? Oh, let's go. We walked around. Like, how many business cards did you give out? Uh, I don't know, sir. Did you give out eight? No. Why? You know, because we're not doing a good job of trying to teach our cops customer service. So from day one, that's, you know, it may sound cheesy to be a cop in Seal Beach, but dude, to be honest, that's what our community loves about us the most is we may not have, you know, call to call to call gunslinging cowboys that are literally chasing calls all day long on a computer screen. Instead, we're actually, you know, customer chasing cops where we're trying to get to know our community and get them to like us. Right. Yeah. I mean, if your community likes you, bro, they will stand up for you through thick and thin, even if you screw some stuff up. You know, I think I also told you this once is the problem with being put on a pedestal is you're always going to fail somebody, you know? So we don't want to be put on a pedestal. We want to be thought of as normal people and trying to go out there and do a really good job at not just being policing, but being good customer service agents for the city. So uh, C's for customer service, much like traditional businesses, our focus is always on customer service. Moreover, in our case, we want to focus on both our customers and the community. Uh, this means the Seal Beach Police Department staff will be held to the highest of standards. Our promise to present ourselves with honor, integrity, professionalism, respect, and we will do all of this without bias. And um, obviously, as you know, any kind of biased activity by our law enforcement officers is unacceptable. So, you uh, for understanding. Over the past few years, we've seen nationwide calls for police reform. Although not everyone will be able to agree on everything, we will strive to, at a minimum, understand different points of views, cultures and different life choices. In return, it's our hope that residents, businesses, and visitors understand us. And that kind of goes back to that relatability factor. Uh, S for school safety. Uh, again, like last night, I was telling you about J.H. Magal or Magal Elementary School. It's our safety of our children. So they're always uh, our highest priority. 2022, we'll be holding a town hall meeting, which is the one we did last night to work with Dr. Gates, uh, his staff, as well as the students to make sure that they're kept safe while away from home. Continue to attend the uh, you know, PTA meetings and uh, working group meetings with the school district. Uh, staff the school with police officers when available. And then lastly, conduct realistic emergency drills on school grounds to ensure staff and students know what to do when the emergency uh, safety response is needed, which was uh, extremely critical in the last school shooting as well as um, the last synagogue shooting and, uh, or not shooting, but hostage case in Colleyville over the weekend. So, yeah. Uh, e for education. We believe in increasing our level of education for all CBS police department personnel. I'm trying to get um, all of our staff to at least get a bachelor's degree. Uh, it's a pretty common goal, especially since now California Post is going to be monitoring the hiring of new police officers with a bachelor's degree and some other stuff that uh, we could talk about some other day. But this includes encouraging staff to complete their formal education, which, by the way, if you want to be a CBS police officer or a professional staff member, we pay your tuition at the Cal State Long Beach rate. So, oh, that's awesome. Beach. Yeah, go Beach. By the way, that's right. Is it? Too yeah. Right on. 
Uh, in addition, regularly send staff to all variety of law enforcement-based professional development, especially classes such as de-escalation of force, training on best policy practices, latest case law, tactics, and policies and procedures. And then I'll finish with this uh, D real quick, drive down crime, improve the quality of life for residents, businesses. Business. That's our mission statement uh, is that D, that's our mission statement. We stand by it every day. Obviously, we want to reduce crime and make people feel safe and secure the community, which is our driving principle for all of our actions and decisions. So that's the focus campaign. I know it was a, a lot to unpack there, but if anybody wants a copy of it, I got a press release on everything. So. Yeah, and that's good. And then I know that's like your your way of telling the community what, what your goals are and what you're going to do and also telling the officers kind of like where you're headed. Um, so now like with the officers, with all the stuff going on around you, I know you're like, you were able to hold on to your, your officers and, and have a kind of a tight knit group. Cause it's really small. I would say really small, but it's smaller. Um, what are your opinion about the fact that there's other agencies potentially losing officers to the different regulations, mandates, um, reform, whatever it is, defunding, whatever it is, why, what do you? What are your opinions on this idea of losing officers and the backlash that's going to happen on the community? And then the second part of that question is, what do you? If besides this campaign, I know you talked a lot about what you're doing, but is there anything specific you're doing um, with your city to ensure you don't lose any officers? Yeah, so I, I'm not going to be um, ignorant to the fact that people are are scared of the vaccine, right? The vaccine mandate that keeps coming down on a number of different uh, agencies here. It's scaring the hell out of a lot of different cops, right? And um, I think it's simple to to put an umbrella like, oh, the cops and firemen aren't getting vaccinated because, you know, they're tough guys. But I think um, there's a number of different factors that's, that's driving some of these decisions uh, as it relates to the vaccine. Um, this is such a sensitive topic because in the last 100 years, nobody's ever told us you have to take this medicine, right? And you've never been told you have to take this shot before other than you know obviously the basic ones when you go to school which i'm pretty sure this will probably be one of those shots right like you're probably going to have to get your kid a vaccine to go to school in fact i think that's what governor newsom just made an edict uh or or some kind of assembly bill that was going to happen so what i'll tell you is this is um in in our police department here in seal beach which is the only one i can speak about i don't i can't give an opinion on somebody else's organization is this one uh, unless it becomes something that the city decides and our city council and our city manager decides to come down with a vaccine mandate, uh, that's not going to happen for our organization. That being said, uh, any new employee will be required to get a vaccine, but there are exceptions. So religious exceptions, uh, medical exceptions, and things of that nature. And the reason we do that is a couple things. One is our job is to protect the community. And in Seal Beach, a lot of people don't know this, but we have a town, or I shouldn't call it a town, a community called Leisure World. And that's 40% of our community. So almost 10,000 residents in Leisure World. These are our seniors. Uh, they are phenomenal people, and they're high risk, right? And so if we have police officers that aren't vaccinated going into this high-risk community, and we're there every day, whether it be a traffic accident, um, a death report, or you name it, a theft, a uh, you know, online identity theft. We're in Leisure World every day. And so it's tough for me to say, I don't want my guys to get vaccines and then go into that community and put those people at risk. On the same token, it's tough for me to say, you need to get a vaccine. You know what I mean? And so the only balance I could figure is for us to say, listen, everybody that's here before 
I think it was January 1 is the date we're going to pick. January 1, 2022. You don't need to get vaccined. But everybody hired after that is going to get vaccinated. And I think that's a fair balance because um, a couple different reasons. One, we've talked about it with our uh, associations. And to be honest with you, I don't feel comfortable telling everybody to get a vaccine that's already done this job for however many years. And then just be like, okay, sorry, you didn't get the vaccine. See you later. Like I, that's, yeah. that, that, that's got to crush a chief. I don't care who you are. I don't care what chief you are of what organization. You can't tell me that you don't care about those guys and gals that you spent 20, 30 years with because of a vaccine. You just, I don't, I don't know any organization that would feel comfortable doing that. And so, um, it's going to be a challenge for a number of different organizations. So that's, that's the, the, the problem number one to finding our cops uh, walking away from organizations. That's tough. It's difficult as a chief. It should be more difficult for all of us in society to think that a vaccine is going to make people walk away from their jobs. So that's number one. Number two is we are, we are in such a parallel amount of time. Or not, not a parallel time. We're in such peril for our job. Uh, this badge, this this uniform, all of it comes down to one thing. And that one thing is if, if guys and gals are walking away from this job because of all the crap that we've dealt with over the last two years, then you were never meant to be a police officer. Sorry. You're just never meant to be a police officer. Is it tough? Yes. Do I wake up some days and go, damn, my back hurts. Is it worth it? I ask that question all the time. And you know what? The, the answer to that question is always the same. If it's not me, it's going to be somebody else. And it, it better be somebody as good as me doing the damn job. Right. Like, I don't, I don't know how else to explain this other than I see another police officer. Like I saw you in the uniform store and I thought that's my brother. These are the guys and gals that when I get in a shooting, even at a uniform store, I look at him, he looks at me and there's an immediate understanding about how we're going to take care of business. Right. No matter what it may, it may be a shit show and it may not be tactically sound, but I know at the end of all of the drama and when, when the smoke settles, which I think you've been in a shooting too, Adam, smoke settles, you know, and it smells like shit. When that smoke settles, we're going to walk away from this a lot. And I would hate for a number of us, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 year cops to walk away over a vaccine. And I'm not saying, you know, you don't have the right to have your own opinion about it or um, say, screw it. I'm not going to get a vaccine and, and go lateral somewhere else. But I, I, that would suck to lose somebody because, they don't want to get a vaccine. What I'm saying is um, don't walk away from this job because it's tough. You knew this job was tough. You knew that there was going to be someday somehow that you would have to literally stand in front of a dirt bag to lose your life. You knew that someday somehow you may have to stand in front of a beautiful child and lose your life. There's no different with COVID. There's no different with this vaccine. And so I hate hearing about it. I hate seeing it. And I'll tell you this, um, we need more people to step up and step out. So if you're thinking about leaving um, and you need somebody to talk to, give Adam a call. <laughs> Seriously, man, you know, this let's grab a cup thing is, is profound and it's, it couldn't come at such a better time. I give appreciate it. your leaders, your mentors, your brothers, your sisters a call and talk about it. Um, Cause I hate seeing cops leave this job and I get it. You want to leave a different organization, do it. That's fine. Seal beach. We're, we're always hiring. So if you want to come to seal beach, please, then, Give me a call, bro. We'll, we'll see what we can do. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned exemption. Well, a couple of things you said. One thing um, is that if you like, you shouldn't. If you should, you kind of making it sound like you shouldn't leave. If just because of the vaccine, you shouldn't leave. 
I think that's, I think a lot of people are going, if their mandates are happening or have happened in certain um, agencies, they aren't going to get vaccinated and they are going to leave. And they may not be police officers somewhere else because maybe they've done this for 25 years and they're like, you know what? I did my time and I'm done. I would have done a few more years, but this is just not worth it. I don't know the ramifications of this. And it's, I could get a vaccine today and in five years, who knows? We don't have enough tests on it. Maybe that, you know, they, they, that's the reason for leaving. Um, so that's the first part. Like, I don't know if, if you're just saying that or if it's just mean the idea of like, we face hard things and this may be one of them. If you're staying, you know, if you're having contemplating, um, that's the first thing I was curious about. Um, I don't know if you want to address that. No. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't retouch on it is I would hate to see somebody leave an organization because the vaccine made it right. It, it just sucks dude. that. Um, but if they do, I get it. I, I'm not saying that I don't understand it. I'm saying that I don't want them to leave over a vaccine. And, and I know that there are guys right now that are like, literally going to walk away from this profession or their organization because they're afraid of getting the vaccine. That's a hard pill to swallow. Man. Yeah. That's a hard pill to swallow. And, and to hear good cops and good people walking away from this profession and, and to me, and I'm saying me, this is easy for me because the vaccine was not a big deal to me. I, like I told you, I think before is I'm one of those guys that truly believes I will die if I get this vaccine. Yeah. Call me stupid. Call me buying the, 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 the bill that uh, they're selling. Um, I don't care. I would rather take the risk of getting that vaccine and then, you know, die you also have some underlying conditions though. Yeah. And, and like you said, fair enough. And, and I tell you that, um, it's not for everybody. I, I, I don't, I would never tell you, you know, like, Hey, Adam, you have the vaccine. Like if you don't, you can't come in my house. You know, that's your opinion. That's your choice. That's right. your family. That's, that's your medical, um, choice and so you know i've learned a lot in the last two years about this vaccine at first i was like what's the big hubbub right get a vaccine and then i was talking to um another doctor a friend of mine and he says you know what's interesting is like we're gonna um get to this point where the vaccine becomes almost like remember what, I, I don't know if you remember this or if you're old enough to remember this like the seatbelt laws right yep cops got told you gotta wear a seatbelt all the time and um not because it's just law. Like we're going to start writing you up if you don't wear your seatbelt. Like, and cops say, "Oh, I'm not going to wear my seatbelt." It's, you know, it gets in my way, my gun, and you know, it makes. I'm not a badass if I don't wear my seatbelt. And then all of a sudden, people started wearing their seatbelts all the time, and then um, it just became policy and procedures, and that was the end of it. And so, I don't know that the vaccine is going to get there someday, um, but I kind of feel like this is that seatbelt policy. You know what I mean? And and. I don't know. I just don't know that this train's going to be able to be stopped. And I would hate to see good cops walk away from a good organization because of the vaccine. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I mean, and, and, and I, you get for that. And I hear you. And I, and I've heard that whole thing about like a train, like it's a train coming down the road or it's like a tidal wave that, or a tsunami for better words. Like it's something that's coming that you can't, you can't stop. Like the train's already left the station. And I think that that's scary for a lot of people who are, relying on these professions for their families because they, you know, don't want to be part of taking a vaccine. And right. I, I do commend you for putting in place for the people who are at your agency to allow them to have the choice who are already there. Hey, I've been doing this job for years. I signed up for the job. It wasn't part of it. And they have their choice if they want it or not. Um, 
I understand the grandfather clause. Um, one thing I do want to ask you though, so you're allowing religious and medical exemptions because my, okay, well, I'll tell you why. The first thing I'm worried about this profession, especially in California, because if we lose a lot of people, it's going to, I think it's definitely going to hurt our, all of our cities and we lose a lot of officers. And so, and I think that the quality of officer that you're going to get to apply, um, you're going to get less, less people applying for these positions just because you're, you're telling a certain, uh, seg, um, sect of the community they can't be a police officer so you get less people applying and um if we don't have enough people applying for our positions then obviously uh recruitment goes down all these things are going to be long-term effects so when you're saying you allow religious and medical exemptions will that process for those who i mean obviously we know how to get a vaccine it's free i think in most places it's free um to get it so everyone knows how to get a vaccine but for people who don't want to get vaccinated and who want to get a religious or medical exemption when they apply, is that going to be laid out or is that possible to have it laid out um, on exactly the steps on how to do, get those exemptions so that make it more, um, to still get recruitment for those for that sect of the community? Yeah, so I uh, literally just hired um, a professional staff member. And I think the correct language was, let me see here. Sorry, this takes a second, but I think this is important. No, oh, yeah, you're good. The language we used, and I, and you know, like I said, I, I wanted to work with my city manager and my city attorney and the associations to make sure that we were all on the same page um, of what this language looked like. And, um, I didn't want it to make it seem like we weren't taking into consideration any kind of exemptions. With that, Phil's currently looking this up on his computer. So, for those who are listening, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Give me a second. Here it is. Uh, So, here's the exact language it says um, Letter constitutes conditional offer of employment for the position of blank, and I won't say because this person isn't hired yet. Uh, however, a final unconditional job offer will be made upon successful completion of each of one of the following. Obviously, background investigation, including financials, physical exam, drug test, fingerprinting, polygraph, psych, eval, review of your DMV records. And then this is the important language. Additionally, and this was literally from our city attorney's mouth because I said, you know, I wanted to have the right language. This is additionally, vaccination is a vital tool to reduce the presence and severity of COVID-19 cases in the workplace in communities and in the nation as a whole. I don't think that there's a disagreement there, right? Like we do know the vaccine does work. It just may um, be a different opinion of how it works, right? In everybody's mind uh, out there that's that's not against, or that is against the vaccine. With that, it says all newly employed CLB Police Department employees shall be fully vaccinated from COVID-19. Again, there's that word shall, right? Exemptions for this requirement must be sincerely held religious belief or a medical exemption as indicated in a formal letter from a medical professional showing a vaccine, or excuse me, a vaccination is contraindicated. Uh, Seal Beach Police Department is a public uh, safety entity and has adopted this policy on mandatory vaccination to safeguard the health of our employees from the hazard of COVID-19. Uh, should they be unsuccessful in any of the above evaluations, this job officer, excuse me, this job offer is revoked. And so that's kind of the stance that we've taken is, you know, the religious belief is, if you have a religious belief, whether you're Christian or Jewish or Muslim or Buddhist, whatever, um, that's a religious exemption. To me. I don't, 
I don't know what else, you know, I, who am I to say that your religious belief tells me or tells you you can't get this vaccine like that? If that's your religious belief, well, then send me a letter saying that's your religious belief. You Are know? you the decision maker on that or is it someone above you? You know, to be honest with you, I don't know yet. We haven't made that decision yet because it hasn't been uh, provided to us. But maybe it is me. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if it's if that's your stance on it, I hope it would. I mean, yeah, be, I, mean yeah. I gotta be honest. I hope it is mine. I hope it's my choice too. But you know, there's probably some kind of legal step next. I mean, it's such a you know, all this stuff is such an interesting time because there's nothing, there's no precedent, right? Like the last time we had a pandemic was 100 years ago. And there's no notes from that, right? Like we just, we're doing an after action report on COVID. I don't know if your agency did this, but we're already up to like 97 pages. Jeez. And, and we're 25,000 citizens. I can't imagine what a large organization would look like. And so everything is new with this COVID. Like it's a great question. Who is the decision maker on the religious belief or medical exemption? I need to find that out. In fact, I'm going to take a note right now. That's all <laughs> See, I'm, giving, I'm giving work to you. you my boss yeah, used to it. say, I used to walk into uh, my commander's office and um, this is when I was working uh, like the field street team. Yeah. And I'd, I'd say, okay, we did have like a weekly meeting and I go in there and I'd say, Hey, uh, um, I have this question, this question, this question, this question. And so he started taking notes like you're doing right now. And he's like, how come every time you come in here, you're giving me action items. And I, I, I thought it was hilarious. Cause I don't know. Cause I ask you questions. I don't I have no clue. Managing up, bro. That's funny. Um, all right. Well, I think it's enough on the vaccine thing. Um, if so they can go to your website to see all like the requirements and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. We'll probably update all that stuff for the next recruitment. In fact, we are getting ready to open up the next recruitment. We're working on, <clears throat> we're going to work on a, a new recruitment video right now. And that'll be up on there. Is it going to be well. on their social media? It'll be on the social media. Yeah. I hope that's you ready, a- you ready to apply, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's a bunch of comedians. We'll see. I'll, hey, you, hey come, I can come over as a sergeant. Sure. You never know. Um, all right. So there's one thing I didn't know if you know, knew this, but I was looking you up uh, yeah. just to see if there's anything cool to talk about. Do you know that you have a rating? Well, let me ask you, do you know what your rating is on college professors? You know, so you're a college professor. <laughs> you, you, you teach at, is it CSULB or is it, is it city college? Well, I do uh, Cal State Long Beach Graduate Center for Public Policy. Uh, so graduate courses there in the PPA program. Uh, or MPA program, whatever you want to call it. And then um, I teach over at Long Beach City College Administrative Justice. Okay, so this is the City College rating. These are kids okay. who have taken your class in City College. Oh, boy. Uh, what do you think your rating is out of five? Out of five? Out of five. So like an Uber driver, what's your rating? <laughs> well, I hope I'm somewhere near there, dude, but I would say maybe a four. Let's go there. Okay, you're a 4.8. They give you oh, a 4.8, wow. okay. yeah. They, they said your class was easy, by the way. Oh, it's totally easy. It's totally <laughs> yeah, easy. Like, these are like the, the class I teach is there. There's two, three that I teach there, and they're all brand new, like freshman classes. So one's criminal justice, super easy, right? Like our job is not that hard uh, book-wise. The hard part comes when you got to make a decision in less than five seconds. Uh, that's what makes our job hard. Uh, and then the next class I teach is public administration one. So that's basically understanding municipal government. So if you can't understand that with the book, uh, it's going to be difficult for you to pass that class. And then I do uh, drug abuse, which is basically learning all about drugs uh, and alcohol and the effects on the body. So they're super easy classes, but I get a lot of really cool kids. In fact, you know, I, I think, you know, that Long Beach is my home. That's like, you know, for lack of a better term, that's my hood. You know, I, I love Long Beach, everything about Long Beach. Um, in fact, I applied for the city of Long Beach oh, did 16 you? years ago. Yeah, 16 years ago, I applied to Long Beach when I was coming out here from Tempe. 
And uh, they called me to come uh, do my oral board interview the day Steel Beach gave me the conditional, so I told them to come say it. But oh, really? know, that, could have, that could have turned a whole new page. If I, I mean, you. I think the small agency helped. I mean, it kind of helped you get to oh, where you're yeah. at right now. I think it's yeah. in larger agencies it's harder to obviously promote. It's a lot more competition. Yeah, big time. When did you want it? When did you realize you wanted to be chief or did that something you, they, did you realize early on, like right away when you first started, you, I'm going to be chief of police or when yep. did you, yeah. yeah. So it's funny. You know, I'm one of those guys that was like, so I'm, I remember, uh, I remember sitting in pre-academy right in Tempe and, um, the chief at the time says, Hey, what do you want to do? You know? And I think he was just trying to get the conversation started and, you know, it was like, Oh, I want to be a sergeant. I want to be a SWAT guy. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I just said, I want your job, sir. And uh, the whole room erupted in laughter. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like, I want your job. You know? And, and it, it, I was so dumb and stupid. Like, I probably just said it to be a smart ass. But yeah. I think deep down inside, you know, like, success is uh, obviously a big part of uh, who I am and want to be in the police department is being successful. And so I got here. Um, um, there's one thing people who said that, like who said they want to be chief when they're, when they were first starting, it always rubbed me the wrong way. And, and because yeah. it always made me feel that like, all you're going to do is care about yourself as you move up the ranks. Because I mean, that's, let's be honest when you're moving up the ranks, you have to, it, you kind of have to like put yourself first, like you're, you're number one. And then hopefully you make the right decisions and get up there. But what you've shown me in the last month and a half that I've known you is how you don't show that you put yourself first, that you definitely take care of your people, take care of your family. You know, you obviously, we, you know, I would say, I'll call you a friend. I, I think that's important that you're able to um, have that mindset because I don't think that's every chief's um, path. So I, I commend you on that. Appreciate it. Yeah, there's um there are things that, that you, my wife said the same thing, um, because I met my wife in 2005. I was, uh, on, in the NARC team doing SWAT stuff and she's like, well, what do you, you know, what do you want to do? And I'm like, Oh, I want to be the chief someday. And she's like, you sound like a dumbass." <laughs> I love your wife. Yeah, she's like, you're going to be one of those guys that steps on everybody's back. I'm like, no, there's a right way. There's a right way. And, um, I think it's important to look at like what the guys that you're talking about, or the gals that you're talking about, that's the wrong way, you know, and the right way is to take your time, uh, but be impatient. Like people criticize me for being impatient all the time. And I'll tell you, that's a blessing and a curse is be impatient because being impatient drives you, you know, and, and there's never, I'll tell you in being chief is, um, this is like, you know, this, I've reached the capstone of my career and I love it. I love every minute of it, but it doesn't define me. I think we talked about that too. Adam. Right. Being a chief of police does not define me. I'm just a guy. I'm just, and I'm not like, oh, I'm just a guy. You know, <laughs> like I don't want to sound like a chief ball, but I am. I'm just a guy, and I'm a. I hope my daughters think I'm a good father, and I hope my wife thinks I'm a good husband. But more importantly, I think, you know, like I hope you and my my staff think I'm a good person and a good friend. And I think that that's what's important in being a chief. It's not. Um, it's not the, the backs you climbed to get here. More importantly, the steps you took and doing it the right way, which is being one with every single one of them, like taking your job very seriously, no matter what it is you're doing and taking the time to become proficient in that job and then looking for the next opportunity. And there's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with um, the guys that want to promote, want to promote, want to promote 
is that's all that they're thinking about. They're not talking or thinking about the next opportunity. Like, you know, I started as a police officer pushing a black and white and went into uh, narcs. I was buying and selling drugs, riding a BMX bike with gauged earrings and a goatee for two or three years. And then I got bounced back down to humility and pushed another black and white here in Seal Beach and then promoted a corporal, promoted a sergeant, promoted a commander, and then promoted a chief. Like, it was just a progression. But I think anybody that, that does, like you just said, is I think anybody that says, right, day one, they want to be chief, you sound like, oh, this guy's a cornball. You know, and he's going to be one of those guys that, that is in the chief's office all the time. Can I get you coffee, sir? No, yeah. that stuff doesn't that doesn't work here in Seal Beach. Um, and and it, maybe at different organizations it would, but nobody likes to kiss ass. So um, go out there, do a really good job, and do it well while you're doing your job, and that will get you promoted. Your job work, your, your duty, and your responsibilities and the product that you produce – that's how you get promoted. Uh, people will notice you if you're out there busting your tail. People will notice you. And I think that's important. And then also, I do want to throw this in there, you know, get your education. You know, there are things that, like, you got to get your bachelor's degree. You, there's, you, if you're going to promote nowadays, you've got to get your bachelor's degree. Your bachelor's oh, yeah, degree absolutely. nowadays is like, a, is like a diploma. It's like a high school diploma. Uh, and then if you want to promote above sergeant, you got to get your bachelor's degree. I mean, that's this is, like, real stuff here. And you know, every single one of my command staff members has a master's degree, and one captain of mine does not have it, but he's six six more classes away from it, and I made him get it. Uh, otherwise, he knows he's getting bounced back down to lieutenant. So it's like, oh, wow. you know, we, we have a, a progression of succession planning here, and I follow it strictly because there's a level of responsibility that you have to do administratively, and there's a level of responsibility you have to do to your staff, and that level of responsibility for your staff is to make them shine, not you. It's not about you anymore. Well, you know this. I mean, you're a can I say you're a sergeant? Yeah, yeah sure. I said it. So yeah, I mean you're a sergeant, bro. It's not like he talked about what one of your briefings the other day, and I was like, see, that guy gets it. You get it, bro. It's not you put those stripes on your on your arm, not because uh, well, yeah, of course it pays well, but you don't do it because it pays well. You do it because you want to be a, a, a change agent or a leader in your organization and take these young men and women to the next step, and that's important, bro. And and they will notice that about you and that you're more willing to give it back to them than they give a shit about what you want to become in life. And that's right. important. Well, that well, I agree. I, I, I appreciate you uh, doing what you're doing. Uh, one, I know we're getting t- in the time here and it's in a long episode. So for those who are still listening, <laughs> I appreciate you. Um, okay. Last question. And I yep. uh, just kind of close it out here. Uh, what's something that you've learned now um, after all these years and when you're just in your lifespan uh, that you wish you would have learned earlier in whether it's your career or personal life that you wish you learned earlier that you, that you can put like, um, teach others now. Hmm. I got to pause on that because there's so many and, and it's, it's, um, you can only pick one. No, these people, I, know, it's, it's for the next <laughs> I think the best, I hope, I hope your, uh, your listeners know that I didn't get any of these questions ahead of time. So, yeah, actually think about that one. Um, I, th- it's such a, it's such a cliche and it's so cheesy, but never stop being a good dad or never stop being a good husband or never stop being a good person. This job is, it's, uh, I was so obsessed with this job. I'm still obsessed with this job. So don't get me wrong. But for like the first 20 years, I was so obsessed with my job that things I look back at now, I did everything I wanted to do as a parent, but I could always do more, you know? 
or as a husband, like I think back and like, wow, that was really shitty what I did in my life. Like I chose to go to a conference instead of hanging out at home with her, even though she was going through the stressors of our kid's life. Like, you know, the, the FBI National Academy, I went to that in 2015. And that was 10 weeks of my life, you know, away from my family. And clearly it paid dividends, right? Like I'm the chief of police, but it hurt. That hurt, you know, that was tough on my kids. You know, my daughters were, shoot, that was seven years ago. My daughters were 10, 8, and 14. You know, to do that to my wife was like, I'm glad I did it when they were older. I wish I would have just maybe never done it. You know, like, it's such a good experience, but it, it killed my, it killed 10 weeks of my life with my family. And that's, that's something I guess you can't get back. So I'll tell you is take those moments of time and, and the FBI National Academy is great. So don't think I'm dogging them, but that's 10 weeks of your life in Virginia, you know, that, that I can't get back. And like I, I said in the beginning, and this is maybe as I get older, I get more emotional, but um, I think that's good. So if I could say do one thing differently is um, spend more time with your wife and your family. You just never know. You know, there's like friends and family dying with no reason, you know, COVID's been crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, health is crazy. We've got the, the world is blowing up right now. I mean, just crazy stuff. Man. So just take more time with your family and your loved ones and enjoy it more. You know? Yeah. You're not the only one that have has that's the experience as far as missing time and making decisions based off the job or, you know, even like your personal aspirations or what you want to do and not choosing your family, uh, whether it's overtime or, yeah. Uh, you know, special details or whatever. So I definitely, I think that's going to reach a lot of people for sure. Uh, my friend's actually in the National Academy right now. So that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, well, I, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I know this is not going to be the last conversation we have. And um, in four years, we can talk about uh, your wife's comedy career. <laughs> career. That's it, man. That'll be fun. Maybe I'll join her. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool. Uh, one like thing. A little side show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one, one thing I did want to say thank you to is that, um, so I put on, uh, the first episode, I'm not sure if I talk about any other episodes, but the let's grab a cup business cards, uh, that I made. And on the back is ability to basically tell either it's like a coworker, a peer, a friend, family member, or even when you make these community contacts to be able to hand them out and say, like if you actually make a, a relationship in the field, um, that if they ever need someone to call, to talk to because they're having a tough time, some issue um, that they can call you and, or you can call them. It's kind of putting, putting trust in other people. And when you saw these cards, I know I talked to you about for almost the first time I met you, um, you said you wanted some and I appreciate you taking those and uh, whatever you do with them with your organization. That's fantastic. I hope everyone's able to get one of those and even more. Um, I have more if people want them. Um, so I do appreciate you uh, taking that as well and pushing that out there pleasure you, you got a good brand dude and and i will tell you i'm going to pass them out to every one of my staff members and then even hop over to city hall and give them to them as well i just got to fill out uh 200 of them with my name and phone them around <laughs> there you go just <laughs> put your cell phone on there man totally totally dude. well again uh like i said thank you and um this was uh chief phil for everybody that doesn't know him uh just call him phil just call me phil dude yeah it's all good <laughs> all right man we'll talk soon all right, bro. Thanks again. All right. Bye. Well, that concludes the interview with uh, Phil Gonchak. Like I said, I met Phil like two months ago. And as you can tell, he's just a straight up guy. He's able to just talk about whatever is on his mind. He's not afraid to um, just be honest and be open and be truthful. And um, 
if you missed episode four, I think you should really go back and take a look at it. It's all about how Phil grew up. And I think that a lot of where you come from today is lied in your roots, obviously, where we come, we come to know who we are um, and owning what we've gone through is really a step forward and becoming a resilient human being. And this is all about resiliency and the ability to take care of yourself and move forward. I appreciate uh, Phil for coming on and just being being him. So like I said, I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode and definitely find me on sturgeonwellness.com if you want to check out any of those coaching sessions. And like I said, uh, for um, February, if you book the intro call, you'll get 50% off uh, two of your sessions. And uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at AP underscore Sturgeon or at Let's Grab a Cup. And uh, if any of you out there that are uh, nearby, I got some stickers too. So that'd be kind of fun. And um, after this is all over on this uh, episode, I'll put them up on YouTube. You can check it out on YouTube as well. And that's uh, Let's Grab a Cup on YouTube. All right. Have a good day.